What's cracking, lovely people? It's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. I've got tons of episodes in season one, so look back. Loads of interesting conversations with individuals around performance. Obviously, there's a nutrition angle. We talk a little bit about how people started businesses. I go into having conversations around uh, testing, blood testing. We talk about a variety of things. So really, really interesting stuff. I'm now into season two and we're on to episode three. And I've got a really, really good friend here. His name's Bo. He's into his nutrition. He works with people around everything to do with lifestyle. And yeah, I'm so happy to have him on because he is a real, real foodie. You know, I crack my own detail on Instagram sometimes filming my my slapdash kind of scratch cooking. And then I scroll over into this chap's page and it's it's colourful, it's fresh, it's vibrant. Mate, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Good to see you, man. Well, yeah, off, off the camera, how's things? Really, really good, mate. I'm, I'm so glad to grab a little bit of your time. You, you're you're yeah. either, you know, training, cooking, working up in London, working over at Leicester, mate. Your your typical week is um, you're you're all over the shop, mate. How do you how do you balance all of it? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hectic, man. But I think grat- gratitude is the fuel, man, because we're not we haven't got a lot of time on our hands to try and and make an impact and make a difference to 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 our community so yeah very hectic hectic but i love what i do i live i live for what i do so it's it's a lifestyle i'm with that you got to work hard sometime um but on the flip side the modern world is pretty cool because it enables us to get around and do more than you know bite off more than we can chew so um yeah exciting we live 19 times man and thanks for having me on matt it's you know, I'm always learning from you and, and watching you and your your food is also inspirational, man. And you know, we go back a long way from since our days. You all started in London, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we studied for, for people that aren't aware, we, we both studied on a course. It was through a company called Guru Performance and yeah, I found it I found it an interesting time in my life because I think that was when I'd finished my undergrad I was I was working a bit in in uh, rugby and nutrition and yeah this course jumped up and I remember we met it was it was every what was it every month or two months we did two days and it was oh, I was so it was so it was so deliberate the the lecturers and and they were so passionate and we all sat in in this room in it and I think it just firmed up my thought process around like right I I need to translate all of this research into practice and work with people like how did you find it hundred percent man um i think being surrounded by so many talented practitioners and academics was really inspiring uh, and i got to give it to to group performance and laura and, and the guys they did really well to get you know some of the elite of the elite in sports nutrition and, and practice but um mm. i remember just being sat there same as yourself as a as a as a recent graduate, just you know, working many jobs, having the, um, the postgraduate depression, I call it, when when you just you just confused, you don't know what to do, and um, yeah, I kind of got into sports nutrition just just by luck, really, and by doing research, and I found myself engaging with so many people who were into sports and wellness, the 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 resonating factor was nutrition, mm. but then. A lot of people, uh, the scientific, academic 
spin on it and I found myself always reflecting on food and and cooking and the, the art of, of of kind of feeding people from from the very get-go I realized there wasn't a lot of that happening so um yeah after, after the guru performance I think I was always taking that research back and trying to ate it into the kitchen mm. yeah, because essentially that's what it's about it's about taking the most complex of physiological and biochemical mechanisms and understanding of that and translating it into simple real life systems mm. and um, it was you know it took a while to figure out and as, as you grow as a practitioner um, as a therapist you, you realize that that the more you learn the more you realize you don't know much and the more you gotta you gotta just keep things simple and steady for your for your clients and mm. at the time clients but were many uh, were, was not many you know I think that's something a lot of people struggle with in the industries is finding people to work with and work on so mm. I, I feel blessed now that I have a journey and a platform to work with so many different people different demographics and and apply some of the some of the basic things that I learned even back back then since you know since I first started so yes it's been great mm-hmm. okay so I think yeah if we start with food first as you always do mate yeah, yeah. let's um you know let, let let's talk about you're starting a week obviously you're cooking you're creating you're you're coaching clients and things but from your perspective how do you yeah how, how, how do you get get going with 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 your meal prep or or you know walk us through how how you how you think about dishes where you source your food and it just gives people another perspective and they can reflect on their own food environment i think yeah so currently i um i practice as a as a naturopathic performance nutritionist i uh, you know, in Leicester, I work at the ICAT Centre of Intuitive Medicine. We have various centres across the world. We're a teaching institute and we're an institute that practices integrative medicine. So, through that, when I first joined the ICAT Centre as you know, as a as a performance nutrition kind of uh, geek, I was all 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 for food and nutrition and lifestyle. Um, and since then, I've grown as a practitioner and I do do a lot of fun and wonderful things kind of musculoskeletal related um, and, you know, soft tissue related as well, which which is great. I've added that to my toolbox. But, you know, very much so, it's, it's always been about food. Since the day I got here, we basically kind of created this kitchen space, mm. um, which which was designed to enable me to translate some of the, the nutritional practice to actually taking people who come in here with, with, with issues and health issues and weight issues actually feeding them food so I started Delatere Kitchen and uh, I'm the founder of Delatere Lifestyle we're a lifestyle brand we're a lifestyle movement and we endorse a lifestyle philosophy towards health and a massive element of like Delatere Kitchen so we have a wonderful space here which it's quite um I would say very flexible at the moment you know because obviously I'm busy working as a practitioner and I'm in and out of the city. I, I can't open a kitchen full time mm. and kind of operate, you know, a full blown service. But I do a lot of private meal prep for clients mm. who I either consult with or people who just call me up randomly that have my menu and they want to have lunch for 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 them, you know, their team or their staff or their office mm. uh, who are local. So 
yeah, food is, is important. And, and um, essentially what, what we do at Devotee Kitchen is basically creating an avenue of education through feeding people beautiful, tasting, colourful um, food. And um, we have a plant-based philosophy where, you know, we endorse, you know, plant-based, balanced, whole food eating with uh, some fish. So we don't cook, we don't use any meat, we don't use any chicken in our kitchen. We just use wild-caught fish mm. um, from trout and sea bass. And um, we use a lot of, um, and we also have a, like a vegan option as well. With, with veganism being massive at the moment, a lot of people kind of want a vegan option and there's not many vegan places in Leicester compared to London. So, um, you know, I, I took my my kind of passion for cooking and flavour uh, and concocting dishes which were creative and veganism being such a, a debated topic in the nutrition world, I decided to, to put my spin on things and create vegan alternatives for for people here in Leicester and also in London where I do some meal prep as well when I go to our Islington uh, practice and um, and we see people there as well. So mm. yeah, I cook I cook a lot. I don't cook as much as I as I want to anymore because I'm so busy moving around. But mm. whenever people want me to cook for them, and whenever people order food from my kitchen, and I have specific opening times, people will call and place an order through email. And um, I find myself jumping on my fixie sometimes and going to source produce because yeah, you know, I've had a phone call and. I basically need to knock something up to somebody and you know it's not necessarily a, a business per se but um it's just kind of born from a from from a want and a desire to just feed people and make people feel good through food mm. so sometimes i have to go out of my way to to serve and and that means kind of sourcing produce from a local whole foods here in leicester going to the leicester market where i where i go to the fishmongers and where i pick up my my produce and I'm very much involved in in getting buying the food you know carrying the food in my backpack mm. as I'm racing through traffic coming back in the kitchen making my sauerkraut making my fermented food and really being as super active from from the very get-go of sourcing the food to actually feeding the client and giving them nutrition advice you know which mm. which many which many take um, it's quite quite complex to be honest my relationship with, with the kitchen <laughs> mm, mm. okay well i think mate, if we if we get some some practical kind of information from you and we dive in you know what yeah. what are the ingredients everyday ingredients that that you can earmark for people that you know they may be aware of already but then you can give a spin on how you use them in the kitchen and then also some of the other ingredients that are, are readily available that maybe people people don't stop and think about or or then they're not on someone's radar and they should be yeah i think what what we have to understand is the kind of the unique inter individual variability people and people's day-to-day lives and their requirements energy requirements emotional requirements etc everybody's unique in how they want to eat and i think that the downside of the industry is it's trying to stamp everything and it's trying to make everybody conform to a certain type of behavior, you know, and essentially the more I've, I've in, in, in the field, I've realized that it's all about the individual and it's all about private, private. It's all about kind of 
consulting somebody on an individual personal level understanding their needs and requirements understanding their personality and, and what drives their behaviors because you know the more I've, I've, pra- I've practiced the more I've understood the importance of practical psychology and really getting as much information out your 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 patient your client possible so mm. through that I've realized that you know food is is so widely available now and you can buy food from across the world you can buy food from from South America that, that gets imported you can buy food that comes from India you can buy food that comes from Africa and everybody has their own preferences and you know from growing up living living in a North African home you know I've, I've always kind of tailored my cooking towards the Mediterranean type of uh, type of cuisine and I, I find the Mediterranean cuisine you know beautiful it's colorful it's flavorful um, and um, so I've, I've always, you know, deleterious is Mediterranean inspired. So, you know, we use, we use, um, you know, lots of herbs, spices, aubergines, orgiettes, pomegranates, um, just general, general food that is, you know, I would say just seasonal. So basically any food that's seasonal, we take it, put a Mediterranean spin on it. Mm. Now, I don't like to, to, you know, force an ideology on people and how I eat and I found myself just working on the staples, the fundamental staples, which is, you know, fruits, vegetables, mm. um, and, and obviously grains are now and with the surge of the whole industry being against grains and gluten, it's, um, it's almost like, okay, shall I play it, just go for the gluten free option or shall I, mm-hmm. shall I go for, 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 for some whole grain couscous, you know? even though it might not sit well with someone. And what, what, I've ten, what I tend to do really is I tend to work a lot with autoimmune disease and gut health. That's one of the massive um, areas that fascinates me a lot. So I try and keep foods that are, you know, rich in antioxidants, they are anti-inflammatory, mm. and they don't possess too much harm for, for somebody's kind of GI tract. So I tend to work a lot with you know, just general fruits and vegetables. I don't really work a lot with grains, um, even though when you do work with athlete stuff and carbohydrate requirements change, then we start working with... And it really is getting people to try different things that they've never tried before. That's why I love about the kitchen. Is I say, you know what? I'm telling you about all of this stuff and how, how you can be in the recipes you can expect. Let me just cook you a plate of food. Um, let me take something from my menu and let me just prepare it for you. Uh, you can have it as a gift. And I just want you just to, to spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes enjoying this food, savoring this food, and actually trying to create a relationship and a bond with, with this this meal that I've just prepared for you because it's irrelevant whether you like it or not, whether you've been conditioned from a very young age not to like aubergine and you don't want to touch aubergine um, and you're horrified because of one time you were seven and somebody force fed your aubergine at a guest's mm. house and you know you've been traumatized ever since but just try this and, and let me know and a lot of the time people try the food and it's you know, oh my god you know that, i never thought it would taste like that you know and there's so many blocks in people's minds and fears around certain ingredients that um i use food as a tool to, to convert people into eating better because people think eating healthy is um 
is boring. There's no flavour. It's always been like, I think in the sports industry, people just eating mm. bland food, food that is driven with a kind of a, a purpose of fueling or you know having a certain type of micronutrient breakdown mm. or composition. But for me, it's just about forget calories, forget numbers. Let's just talk about food, the quality of food, mm. and. Once you start to eat better quality food consistently on a daily basis and it makes you feel good, makes you feel like your digestion is good, you go to the toilet regularly, have more energy, you're enjoying the food um, and you don't have too many limits when it comes to just notching things together, then we can get more into the complexities of numbers and calories and weight management once you know, you've spent you know, months just playing around with, with flavour. and. Mm-hmm. I think people in the industry, they, they jump from one family to another. They start, you know, on a really strict kind of nutritional plan and they're confined to that. All they know is, is just, you know, a sheet of paper with numbers and calories and, and macros in it. And they have to hit their protein all the time. And I think, you know, the average Joe doesn't necessarily kind of need that level of complex nutritional management. And then... More, more importantly, the, the person who is sick and who's unhealthy and who have digestive issues and they have, you know, depression or, or anxiety or they get migraines, etc. That you know, we're faced with the challenge of do I have to kind of get these people on a diet plan that that incorporates so much complexity and, and calculation, or do I just want them to be eating real food because they just they don't eat real food. Mm-hmm. Their their diet is full of processed stuff. So yeah, it's very complex. I think generally yeah and no, i totally agree i think it is it is cutting through all the weeds and and like you said enjoying a plate of food enjoying something new and then especially when i work with people it's just having that conversation around how how can you introduce another one or two pieces of fruit or vegetable types you know every month or some people are great some people might do it every week and yeah. I, I totally agree. Okay, if someone's more active, you need to have the conversation around starch-based carbohydrates about energy. But I don't, I don't you know, I don't know anyone that, that I've worked with that I couldn't have a conversation around. Like, look, let's let's drive in some more vegetables. Let's get interested and excited to eat these things to feel better, to be regular, like you said, with bowel movements to have energy. And I think when people start to get in touch with you know, eating to hunger signals, feeling nourished, feeling energized and, and understanding that, you know, if they take time over a few meals, even if it's just a few evening meals during the week, it's it's a powerful thing. And yeah, um, yeah that that's why I wanted to get you on, because I think you can you articulate that sometimes not even through words, you know, your, your videos and things and, and, and the music in the background. And it is, it is very deliberate. And I know that you take a huge amount of time over your content and it's very opposite to me. I'm pretty slapdash, but I think it's, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to get you on the show because you, you, you live, you, you kind of live by it and it's not, it's not like an act and there isn't a, you know, there isn't a studio behind it. It's almost like, look, this is my day. I, I work with people, I feed people, I'm passionate about fruits and vegetables, a little bit of fish, you know, this works for me and I just wanna show people how how some of these how some of these dishes can can taste, you know, fantastic. Don't don't get stuck on the word vegan. Just crack yeah. on and start, you know, start eating more vegetables and, and, and generally feeling better. Definitely. I think the the industry, the food industry, the fitness industry it has a massive effect on people's psychology. 
Um, and so many people have outs- outsourced their eating to, you know, institutions and, and restaurants and supermarkets. And I think the most important thing that I do in my practice, whether it's, you know, nutritional management or just coaching people, um, how to just move better and get more active. You know, it's just about empowering just give giving putting the power back in their hands and saying, you know, mm. you need you need to take responsibility at the end of the day and you can't, you know, feed yourself or by extension your children mm. this 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 fast food. Mm. Because you're busy, you know, trying to trying to do other things and trying to, you know, work super hard, but you're neglecting the most fundamental aspect of of kind of the the human experience, which is to always try and kind of evolve towards a better state of being and, and whether that's a state of spiritual consciousness or, or physical health. Mm. And for us, it's kind of intertwined together. You can't be physically, and you can't be spiritually conscious and aware and, you know, live, live you know, a peaceful, um, have, have a peaceful kind of aura around you and be stable mentally and spiritually unless you have a physical you know, you, you've kind of grasped your physical essence. So physical health, physiological health is really important and having a balance, you know, hormonally, having an energy balance, having a metabolism that, that doesn't let you down every morning uh, and you have to fuel for it um, with, with a lot of sugar and caffeine, mm. you know, is important. So it's, it's, it's really a lot of the work I'm doing at the moment is just around kind of gut health and, you know, healing and just getting people back, you know, to square one. It's just actually, mm. you don't really know what it feels like to be healthy, you know, because you, above all that, above the core of, of simple living, you've got all these added, added sugars, you've got all these added uh, elements that you're just trying to utilize to just keep you at bay, just to keep you, you know, afloat every day and as a result of that by keeping yourself afloat through you know outsourcing your your nutrition to a starbucks or Pasta or you know outsourcing your nutrition to tesco's meal deal you, you are you're, you know you're degenerating inside and and if essentially when, when you physically start to degenerate and rely on so much stuff just to keep you alive just to get by you know, your soul, you know, spiritually, you start to just have no drive anymore, no motivation. And I think, you know, when we when we look at the amount of people today who are kind of full of anxiety and depression and fear, it is massive right now, massive. You know, and, and so many different type of um, institutions are trying to help with that, trying to help people have better mental health. I think a lot of people are neglecting the importance and the relationship between, you know, physical health and diet and gut health and in health and the role it plays with with people's minds and or lack of lack of you know stability at, at a psychological level. So, you know, right now I'm just trying to get people to to understand the importance of nutrition and food in kind of making them a bit more. Uh, sharper and smarter and a bit more stable at a mental level because obviously we have a, people now walking around who are extremely mentally unstable and frat mm. um, 
I'm just trying to, our institution at ICAT, we're working very hard to, to give people a lot of tools that they can help transform themselves into more stable living. Mm, mm, yeah. Whether that's through nutrition or, or kind of, you know, cupping therapy or mind coaching, you know, movement therapy, because, you know, there's many ways you can gauge people. It's not just through food. And I'm using other tools mm. to do that as well. So, yeah, it's, it's quite fascinating to be fair. Mm. And I think it's, you know, it's great that you, that you have a centre like that over over in over in Leicester, and then you said obviously you guys are doing some work here in London in Highbury as well. And I think if people are engaging in that and 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 they're they're using different tools, and especially when they build a bond with with practitioners in in the centre, people like yourself, I think it is a powerful thing. And um, yeah, I I think this the space that you guys have and that and that kind of you know that kind of lifestyle medicine model it's only just going to grow and play and places like the one you have in Leicester and, and I know the one you're developing in Highbury I think they're just going to become you know they're going to become more prevalent they're going to they're going to open up and it's it's not just going to be a kind of stuffy clinic where someone sits in front of you for 10 minutes and diagnoses something you know you're going to go in there's going to be fresh colours, food, music, there's going to be movement, there's going to be different types of, uh, like you said, musculoskeletal care. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and I, I keep saying it, and if you haven't yet, you know, I'll put all the, in the show notes, I'll, I'll put um, over in in Bo's Instagram, I'll, I'll link to his his um, information around, is it is it website-based at the moment, mate? Can people go over and see some 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 of the images and some of the recipes yeah. and things why don't we talk a few yeah. minutes about are, are you are you developing any any resources you know people that are listening to this and engaging in what you're doing and your message if, if they want to follow you do you want to let people know a bit about what what you're doing that you know that, that people can't get to the centers that you work in yeah um yeah i think our, our biggest um creative kind of uh, platform is instagram because obviously, you know, when, when you're trying to, you know, when the team is small and you're trying to, you know, work with clients and, and grow, grow, grow practice, you know, you're not, you're not left with so much time to try and grow several platforms. Mm. I've always gravitated towards Instagram because I found it a very platform to use and, and share, whether it's my kind of stories, which is kind of just off the cuff. Uh, content, whether I'm in the kitchen or I'm on the move, and then obviously the feed where it's a bit more controlled and, you know, again, just trying to create a platform to inspire people because, you know, the fuel is is, is, is love and it, it's about getting people to transform, just to get people to take a moment to reflect because we, we'd be wrong as practitioners if we think we control people's decision-making processes and we, we can tell people what to do, we can't. We're just kind of vehicles of, of, of inspiration, of making people reflect. And if, if um, and through that, that's, that's why I use Instagram. It's really to, to try and inspire people just to take a seat and say, you know, hang on a second. Mm. Um, let me just, let me think about this. And a lot, of the, a lot of the content I put out is quite thought provoking, can provoke a lot of people. Um, I like to write poetry. Poetry's helped me in my, my journey my healing journey and, and I always ask people when I when I speak and I'm doing a seminar um, this weekend and one of the questions is you know why, 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 why do you do what you do and what's your fuel 
you know. And for me, I'm just trying to, who's your number one client? Because just take a, just take a moment to reflect anybody who's listening, whether they are practitioner, you know, practitioners who are listening, is who's your number one client? Who's your favorite client? Who's your most engaging client? Who's the person you enjoy working with most? And if it's not yourself, then you're doing something wrong, I believe. Because you are the number one client. Every piece of information you learn, you need to practice almost on yourself. You need to try things on yourself. And you need to always reflect and try and improve self before you can go and tell people and, and share it with the world. So I'm through my practical years, through my years as a practitioner, as a therapist, as a nutritionist, as a creative, I'm just finding avenues to heal myself. Mm. And the more things have worked for me, the more I'm, I'm trying to share them with people. And poetry is one of those things, and writing, uh, and music, and movement. And, you know, I think not everybody can resonate with nutrition, but some people might resonate with poetry, and some people might resonate with, with um, you know, movement and sport and fitness and martial arts. So mm. just trying to find a way to make people sit down and take a moment to reflect and grab their intent. Is, um, is what my Instagram is about. And we do the same with our center Instagram. Um, and again, we do, a lot of people come messages to Instagram because they see a lot of weird stuff happening and us putting cups on people's backs. And, you know, sometimes when we do wet cupping, there's blood coming out of people and it's quite gruesome. Right? So mm. it's quite working and engaging for people and mm. catches them. So, um, mm. it's, uh, yeah, so, Instagram is, I'd say, is the platform. We do have website. You know, the ICAT Center has, has various website. Website for therapy, the website for education. Because we have courses, each courses in, in kind of alternative medicine and cupping therapy and kind of soft tissue um, therapy as well. Um, but yeah, also the main port of, um, of engagement with people. Cool. And mate, if I dive into one of the things that you're doing and um i think it's it's a mineral that's starting to get a little bit more uh hype or you know especially when i'm talking i spoke at a uh, an office on what was it wednesday yeah two days ago and it was on resilience so around lifestyle around nutrition and i brought up magnesium and i know i know you you have a you have a an epsom salt product that you that you make and create and um you know, we talked a little bit about food for function. We talked about health, gut health, and then obviously people that are active or, or you know, mentally, physically, people want to perform and, and, and magnesium, Epsom salts, things like that. They're an interesting tool for recovery. So do you want to maybe tell the listeners a little bit about how you've developed that and, and what you think of, of magnesium? It's a nice little nugget for people to take away. Yeah, yeah. Um, magnesium is fascinating and... You know, you could spend your whole career working on magnesium, you know, um, trying to take magnesium therapy uh, across the world and you'd be very successful. Magnesium is a phenomenal, versatile mineral. It's involved in so many biochemical processes in the body. It's in, in, in implicated in, in, in digestive health, in musculoskeletal health, cardiovascular health. You know, it's required for for, for nervous system um, health. It's, it's really it's versatile, and when it comes to magnesium, you know, 
the research shows that you know there's about eighty about eighty percent of the population are deficient in magnesium through one way or another and many lifestyle choices that we make in the modern world that the modern world fuels people for becoming magnesium. Um, and stress is one one thing that you know depletes magnesium through the body you know cortisol being so prevalent in people's bloodstreams nowadays you know living living in in kind of on, on on a daily basis in a fight or flight mode being you know adrenally kind of stressed and, and being you know stressed the the, the the physical level as well the, and the, the emotional level and being stressed at the psychological level so magnesium if we look at the krebs cycle for example look at metabolism and how kind of energy is derived in the right you're probably more more versed than i am at all of this but if we look at the krebs cycle and the process of essentially energy creation um, and the process by which your body creates atp which is the energy currency of the body um, and, and we create you know, kilos of this stuff on a daily basis and this is what fuels our movement this is our, what fuels our being essentially now in the krebs cycle magnesium the cofactor i'm not mistaken either for about six of the eight pathways uh, that kind of basically, you know, creates ATP. And if you don't have magnesium, then your carbohydrate metabolism lacks, your um, protein metabolism lacks, your, your fatty acid metabolism lacks, and a byproduct of this, your mitochondria don't produce ATP at an efficient level. Now, when you have people who are afraid and stressed and kind of not motivated to go to work every morning and they're having you know a black coffee triple espresso with three sugars um, and they're just struggling to go to work they've already put themselves in a, a magnesium deficiency state because the, the sugar and the caffeine you know um, stresses the adrenal glands stresses the kidneys and as a result we lose minerals and then the actual psychological and physiological stress you know, through the elevation of, you know, cortisol in the system and adrenaline and the, and the relationship between the adrenals and, and the hypothalamus, you also start to, to, you know, lose magnesium stress. So essentially, people are living daily with, with states that induce magnesium deficiency on a micro level, right? On a big level. Now, when you start to not replete minerals because you're not eating the right type of food and you're not eating a diet that's rich in magnesium uh, because you're not eating organic food because you can't afford it or you just, you know, it's too expensive and it's difficult to obtain and to source, you're already struggling to get magnesium because mineral levels of magnesium and oil have already been depleted for, for the last 1,500 years and there's not as many min minerals in, in the soil as there are they were 100 years ago. So even when you source organic food, you're not getting enough magnesium through the diet because, you know, you might have... It's, you know what? It's so complicated. Right now, my mind is just going, all right, how do we, how do we hit this right? Because mm. it's it's a complex... It's not even psychical. It's just... It's a it's a spider's web. Yeah. So many, so, so many things create magnesium deficiency and depletion in the body on a daily basis. And as a result of that, supplementing with magnesium foods because you have to really pay attention to what you're eating otherwise you're not going to get any magnesium um, 
for example, let's let's take nuts and seeds, right? You know, pumpkin seed, almonds, etc. Very rich sources of magnesium, all sources of magnesium. But you know, if your digestive system is compromised, you're not chewing your food properly, um, and you're not eating nuts and seeds, and you're going to struggle to basically, you know, absorb magnesium through the, the sources that are so rich, you know, in their natural state, and when you look at kind of enzyme inhibitors and things like that, the fat acid in nuts and seeds, even a lot of people are claiming to eat magnesium rich foods, yet they're not actually absorbing the minerals through the, the digestive process because, you know, their, their gut isn't isn't proficient enough and strong enough to, to take magnesium from, from a nut and a seed and then translate that into the bloodstream into an area where it's most needed, mm. you know, like, like the bone or, or like the muscle cell. Mm. So... Mag- we, we could have just spent two hours speaking on magnesium. To be fair, I'm just trying to figure out how to take it. But, um... No, no, I think it's great. I think what you know, what you've shown there is is that it's 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 interesting for for people living and working and exercising and always thinking about you know calories, carbohydrates, fat, protein. Magnesium's a, an essential mineral for energy production. Like you said, you can put you can put fuel in, but it's harnessing that fuel. The cofactor is the key word. And mate, exactly. You know, you can take nuts and seeds. So when you know, when I speak to people, you're talking a handful of pumpkin seeds, like a palm size amount of sesame seeds, or a cup of cooked spinach, or a banana, things like that. They have magnesium in them. But like you said, if if someone's not not having you know regular normal bowel movements, if someone's not not feeling good, wolfing down meals, it can you know that that could be compromised. So it's just giving people a little bit more awareness about about mineral that that I'm talking a little bit more about. And I think when people start to introduce those foods, have have a bit more of a mindful. Um, uh, I suppose when they sit and eat, you know, they take time over chewing and all of those types of things and. And, you know, they start to feel the benefits. But then also there's that there's the other side of things with with, you know, sitting in in Epsom salt baths or or using topical oils or using uh, sprays. And I know that you I know that you've experimented with certain products and things as well. And I think from a from 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 like a a, a movement or a, or a muscle soreness point of view, it's, it's a really interesting mineral, too. So that's why I brought it up, because it's. Is a kind of bang for the buck conversation. We can touch yeah. on food, and we can also touch on, um, you know, the 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 muscle soreness and the psychological side of, of just steeping in something that that has Epsom salts in it. Yeah. Well, ma- magnesium essentially is, is required for muscle stimulation at the kind of muscle fiber level. You know, when you look at the muscle cell, you know, calcium is is, is involved in the contraction phase, and magnesium is is involved in the relaxation phase. So by introducing magnesium topically through the spray you know transdermal magnesium therapy um within that you, you basically um create a platform for people to, to recover better because when you soak yourself in a, in a magnesium uh, epsom salt bath or in our products we use magnesium chloride which um which is basically very similar to magnesium sulfate which is epsom salt and um, there's just research to show that magnesium chloride is just a bit more bit better absorbed through the skin because it's a bit more bioavailable once it goes through you know kind of um, crosses the skin so we use magnesium chloride in adults we use magnesium chloride in our magnesium sprays mm. and some of the, the balms we have as well and, you know when when we work in clinic with musculoskeletal pain 
and we're doing massage and doing uh, kind of soft tissue work with some tools that we use, some kind of instrument-aided soft tissue mobilization techniques. We use magnesium bombs because, you know, we're just trying to enhance that um, kind of experience that the clients heal it better. Mm-hmm. And we can use normal kind of almond oil or an olive oil, or we can use a magnesium balm. And just introducing magnesium topically can help, you know, exfoliate the skin. It can help, um, you know, the muscle absorb more magnesium. And the result of that, more magnesium in, in the muscle means relaxed muscle, more less likely to spasm. Um, less likely to, to develop kind of tightness and, and knots and inflammation. So yeah, transdermal magnesium. I, I really, you know, recommend it to, to everybody. Everybody can benefit from it because mm. yeah, when you're living in a world where people are struggling to take dietary magnesium, it's, it's becoming harder to have magnesium through food. You know, taking magnesium through the skin is is a you know is a phenomenal way just to boost your your kind of uh, magnesium status. Mm. I think it's, you know, the term small variable benefits for people listening, it's, it's not a magic bullet. It's just something where if you're going to pick something like I'm going to introduce a couple more vegetables on a monthly basis or let's, let's take a little bit of time to understand where I can get magnesium from foods if I want to put it on topically to make me feel better if I'm exercising or if I've been sitting all day and, you know, my shoulders and my chest's a bit tight and things like that. It's just... Yeah, it's just taking charge. I think I think that's your overall your overall message, isn't it, mate? You know, you 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 work with a lot of people, and I think a lot of people around you are very lucky to have you in terms of pushing good food, good energy, a good vibe. But I think if if I reflect on the messages and things that you that you're saying in this episode, it's like, look, step back, have a look at your environment, think about what you're putting in, think about how your your you know your your guts functioning and um yeah get back in touch with with good food and and good conversation and and take time to 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 enjoy that part of the day because often you know meals and things like that are are very rushed it's all about fueling recovery functionality whereas sometimes it's 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 doing what we're doing now and, and and thinking about the process and learning and growing and and um yeah not just not just hitting a certain number on on an app you're, you're right, you, you hit the nail back in the head. We, we are social beings at the end of the day. And as much as you know, food is important for energy production and, like you said, sports recovery, you know, having, you know, sitting down a few times a week, and that used to be a norm, you know, for, for society. People, families used to eat together and eat together, and there was a lot of gratitude around the table, and conversations were made, and, you know, it was, it was therapy. And essentially, sitting down with loved ones and feeding people good food made with love um, is so therapeutic, so healing. And I think people just need to to do cook-ups more. And um, assuming you know everything in the cook-up is balanced, and you know this therapy and speak to therapy and just listening to somebody uh, unload their, their their fears and and their you know their struggles. And that's things that that was it, something that we you know you can manifest through through a conversation through dinner. So most definitely, you know, I love feeding people, and I find them a massive joy in mm. you know putting putting a meal together, even if it's something simple, nothing extravagant. You know, it never has been extravagant. Always just been a you know an amalgamation of simple flavors just put together with a little bit of art, creativity, and, and, and love. Mm, mm. and we just need to do that a bit more often nowadays and 
instead of going to restaurants and eating out, let's just buy some good quality food mm. and let's engage ourselves and our children and, and really get people connected with food again because we're losing touch with that. No? Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And we've greased the groove through 45 minutes here and it's felt, wow. yeah, it's felt really, really easy, really relaxing. So, mate, thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything that you want to let people know about that's coming up? I'll obviously put your, your Instagram, I'll put the yeah. centre's Instagram in, in the show notes. Awesome, awesome. Go for it, mate. Let's, let's, let's round uh, off. On the 6th, um, doing uh, a, delivering a seminar on the 6th of February in, in Islington for, for, for coaches and PEs and just generally people who are kind of health enthusiasts, food enthusiasts. It's about lifestyle and nutrition, and it's just about elaborating a little bit more on what we spoke about today, actually, and trying to give people an understanding of the bigger picture, the, the bigger holistic model of of obtaining wellness and fitness and mm. general, well, you know, uh, health. So, yeah, on the 6th of February, I'm doing a seminar in Islington, and anybody who's listening is more than welcome to come in. Um, you know, the, the tickets will be out very soon. There are, you know, it's only a small space, so we're limited in capacity but um yeah people should just hit me up on instagram if they have any questions if they want to if they want to just connect and collaborate i'm extremely open to just you know you know sharing ideas and growing myself i'm always open to learning more so um anybody who wants to reach out through instagram um you know please feel welcome to do so cool great great fantastic and uh yeah this this episode if you're listening to this it's it's definitely given you enough time to then go over and look and probably probably by the time this is up actually there'll be more comms around that seminar so if you are london based you want to have a bit of chat with bo and and understand his yeah his methods and just have a conversation and and especially when we listen to a lot of, of, of people you know we watch a lot of people through screens and things like that it's sometimes nice just to to, to, to take some time and, and, and meet someone and listen to someone in person too. So, yeah, I, re- I really, really encourage you to do that if it's something that you're interested in. And lovely people, again, absolutely fantastic stuff for listening to the show. I've got oh, maybe 7,500 listens. Um, and then once this episode goes up, I'll, you know, I'll, be, I'll be pushing towards 8,000. And I, I absolutely love doing this. I love having friends on. I love having discussions and I love just the longer form and not necessarily having to cut it into, you know, some quick, fast minute video where everything looks fantastic. It's good to tease things out and, and take people on and, and have good conversations. So, Bo, mate, thanks very much. And no, Thank you, man. It's, it, I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, I, I look forward to, to that big feed. And I'm yeah. To... <laughs> yeah, I know. We should do that. But yes, everyone, have a great week and we'll speak to you soon.